Welcome to Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. Now here's our mama. Hey y'all, welcome back to Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. I am so excited today because this is my very first live podcast on Clubhouse. Now I know I have had some interviews through Clubhouse before, but this is very different because there will be an opportunity at the end for people who join our room to ask questions. So my very first live podcast is with founders of The Dip. Kate and Allison, who actually were from Bustle before. So we're going to talk to them and find out how the dip was born, what inspired it. I am so excited to talk to you. Ladies, thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Thank you for having us. We're so excited to be here and chat everything pop culture. Definitely. Thank you guys so much. I'm really, really just so intrigued by how the dip came to be. So I guess we'll kind of start there. But Kate, why don't you tell me what you were doing at Bustle before you became the CEO of the dip? Yeah, totally. So I was a founding team member of Bustle Digital Group alongside my co-founder of the dip. Um, and so we were responsible with basically growing the, gr- the first brand that we had, Bustle, also um, establishing and growing our second brand, Romper. And then we also um, oversaw the relaunches of a bunch of different brands like Elite Daily, The Zoe Report, Mike.com, et cetera. So we were there for about you know six years. We were there for a long time and we really missed building things. And we really felt an attachment still to you know entertainment and pop culture, which was where you know myself and Lindsay, my co-founder, um, started our careers. So you know she was uh, you know covering entertainment at a bunch of different publications. I was at EW for a while, and it felt like it was a really good time to be able to jump in and create a subscription brand that was delivering high quality content, things that people wanted to talk about, and you know that wasn't watered down for people who really did love pop culture. So um, so that's what we did, and we uh, we launched the dip about six months ago so we're still very very new we have you know some cool interactive features on our site that we'll be growing that up in the future and um, in addition we have a bunch of podcasts too that we premiered um, you know we host a podcast called pop chaser and tv watch repeat which uh, pop chaser is about like the headlines of the day and tv watch repeat is about the history of tv shows which has been really fun and then we have two other uh, as well called hot off the mess with samantha bush and the slut pig podcast with christian grace snow and those are leaning podcasts that are really fun. So yeah, so that's a little bit of a summary over what we're doing. But you know, really excited to be chatting with, you know, a fellow podcaster in the space, big fan of what you're doing as well. Oh, thank you so much. Well, that is just incredible. I love hearing how, you know, you took a passion and really just ran with it and created this whole new entity, you know, this whole new empire. And I'm just so thrilled for you guys. You really do get the articles that we want to read. So I really appreciate that. And we're going to talk more about how people can subscribe and and what that entails and all that a little bit later. Um, But we certainly will touch on that. So thank you for sharing, Kate. You're amazing. Allison, so how about you? Hi. Yeah, so I started at Bustle as well, um, where I met Kate and Lindsay back in 2014 as an entertainment writer. And over the years, you know, I helped with launching the entertainment section on romper.com. And then I moved back over to Bustle to oversee the entertainment team there over the last few years. And when, you know, I was ready for something new and a new challenge, much like Lindsay or Kate said, her and Lindsay were looking to build something new. I was also looking to challenge myself with something new. And it worked out that I just happened to know two really incredible female founders of a new entertainment website. And that's kind of how I made my way over to the dip. Uh, and there I'm overseeing the day-to-day editorial content 
uh, with a team of really fantastic writers. And I think the thing that's so great about The Dip is we are just as passionate about entertainment and pop culture as all of our readers. So it's been really great. I came on in August and I just kind of feel like I get to talk with my people every single day and kind of what we're doing now and what we're going to talk through today on the podcast. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for sharing that with me, Allison. And I'm really um, always just so in awe of people who just, like I said, had that passion and just kind of followed that. And I love when people kind of take a chance on something because I'm sure you just weren't sure, you know, you and Kate weren't sure where the dip would go and, and where, like, how big it would get or or what would happen. So I, I love a risk taker. So I definitely have a kindred spirit with a risk taker. So I, I appreciate that about both of you. So the dip started six months ago. What was kind of your first big splash? Like, how did you introduce it? How did you come up with like marketing? That's always so interesting to me. Yeah, so we actually kind of, um, you know, we believe a little bit more in like a soft launch and, and, and you know, sort of kind of uh, quietly uh, getting our feet wet, um, you know, getting ourselves into these these fan spheres and like earning their trust and earning their their love. So, you know, we don't really do too many big uh, marketing pushes around some of our big releases. And the same thing, at, at you know, at Bustle, we, we kind of wanted to just be able to hit the ground running, uh, do a bunch of experimentation. Uh, you know, slowly and surely build our brand up. And then, you know, by the time we get to a place where, you know, we, we've attracted, you know, a good audience and we, we feel ready to kind of like, you know, scream out to the world about it, then we're more apt to kind of like follow into a, a PR plan. So we've mm-hmm. been, we've been happy to start kind of sharing who we are in the world, you know, via our podcasts and, you know, via our own social accounts and everything. But, you know, we actually do like to keep things a little bit quiet and, you know, let people find us more than trying to just go out and and reach them. And we believe truly in organic growth as well. You won't see any Instagram ads from us or anything yeah. like that. It's purely just, um, you know, really connecting with the fans. Yeah, no, that's great. I appreciate that. You know, I appreciate that. I think that our that we are so inundated by ads on social media that I really appreciate that you are focused on a more organic growth. And I think that also probably, you know, would translate into people like retaining your customers, your clients, you know, or the people that enjoy what you do. So I'm glad that you shared that with us for sure. And Allison, what was your first TV entertainment experience that kind of like looped you into the whole entertainment world? What was your very first like favorite show you remember, you know, being obsessed with? I'm an only child. So my parents were like my best friends growing up. I definitely hung out with my parents probably too much. (laughs) And we did a lot of TV watching. And so for me, like there were before like standing was a thing. And before, you know, I even knew what the internet was, I was obsessed with shows like Charmed. Uh, When I was like in, you know, junior high, I loved Veronica Mars. And I just really was drawn to these shows. And I was obsessed with them. And I never knew how could I talk to more people that weren't my parents. (laughs) Love that. But as I started to kind of forge my path in journalism and the entertainment world, I definitely kind of just got bit by this bug of writing about shows and talking to people who are obsessed with these shows and kind of creating that that little world of internet friends who are just as obsessed with something as you are. 
uh, and which is kind of what I was saying earlier, not to just like bring it right back to plugging the dip, but that is really what we are trying to create is a website that feels like you are talking to your group techs. Got it. Yeah, definitely. You were looking for people other than your parents to like chat with or connect with. Really become organic of like the growth of me as a kid into this job. It, it, it is very much like a dream to be able to, you know, they always say like you never work a day if you're doing something you love. So mm-hmm. it does really feel like we are being able to create this world and this community of fellow pop culture fans who just want to dive deep and and obsess over things with us so it's really not hard to feel like you just get to play all day I don't know how you feel Kate but for me at least it feels like that yeah for sure I mean I think like this is the world that I sort of have been a part of my whole life and loved entertainment and like Allison watched it with my parents growing up and so (laughs) it's nice to be able to do it on a daily basis absolutely and to do it as, you know, your career. I mean, that I feel like that just kind of is ideal, right? Completely ideal. And if I can relate for a second, I've been a Bachelor fan from season one. And to be able to now have a podcast where I interview them and interact with them on a live Instagram show is just, it's its such a dream. You know, its it's just, it's so much fun. And yet, this is kind of what I consider my career now, you know? I mean, I do other things, but definitely focusing yeah. on that. So I completely understand. And I think that, you know, you'll agree that it's that you feel so grateful and thankful for that. But your passion has given others, you know, um, so much joy, I'm sure, because you're sharing all of this information with us. And, and I know I appreciate it. So I'm sure they do too. It's yeah. always nice to talk to people who care this as much about it as you do. Right. Right. Exactly. I know I hate to say like whenever I go to an event now, I mean, that's kind of my first question. Like, oh, do you watch The Bachelor? Like, you know, I went to a new hair lady over the weekend and that was my first question because it's like, that's our passion. Like we want to connect with people over our passion. You know, it makes sense. And then if they don't, you're just kind of like, oh God, what do I talk to you about? (laughs) Oh my God, that's actually the perfect example because when you are sitting in that salon chair for God knows how long and the person that's doing your hair, you realize you go through your slate of topics you can hopefully relate to and there's nothing that hits, it's (laughs) tough. So I really hear you. Whenever I go to the hair salon and they ask me like, oh, what do you do? I'm always like, this is great. Everybody watches TV and for some reason... Over the past, like, decade, I've never had somebody who's like, oh, yeah, I love that show. They'll just be like, oh, I've seen, I've heard some things about it. And I'm like, well, that's not going to work for me. (laughs) Right, right. You have to be as obsessed with it as I am. I completely understand. That is so funny. What are some of the shows you guys are currently watching? What are you watching on Netflix? What are you, like, binging? Anything that you're currently watching now? So I think like what I usually watch, it's not really similar to what I've been watching the last, you know, year. Like I feel like in, in quarantine times, it sort of made me look backwards. I only <laughs> right. want to ingest the things that I loved when I was younger. <laughs> like that nostalgia itch really needed to be scratched. So I found myself, you know, watching like a lot of, you know, old sitcoms I love, like, you know, New Girl, Happy Endings, um, Arrested Development, just things that would make me laugh and allow me to turn off my brain a little bit. Yeah, Definitely. Of course, you know, in Bachelor and Bachelorette are on. But I'm excited for, you know, TV to actually come back. It really has been sort of like only half back, I feel like, for the last year. So I feel like the best is yet to come is what I would say. But how about you, Allison? 
ditto with all of the things you said. I mean, we love all of those shows and we have even talked about some of them on our podcast. Uh, but I really just recently got into, oh, Kate and I also loved The Circle. Kate, I don't know if you want to to do it. <laughs> no, I, do, I, have a, I have an impression of Chloe from The Circle, but I will, I will hold that back this time around. Oh, I'm sorry. But if you want to listen to it, it's yeah. on Pop Chaser. <laughs> well, that's the call to action, but... Um, that's our, that's our way of naturally, uh, having people check out pop chaser, but, uh, (laughs) yeah, so we loved the circle. I just started watching this show on Netflix and it was originally, I think on USA and it's called dare me. And I started watching it this weekend and it's about like cheerleaders in a small Midwestern town and this cheer team where very like big, like egos, you know, these like 17, 18 year olds who think they kind of run not only the school of a town and a new cheer coach comes in and it's dark there's murder there's you know a lot of scandal it's got kind of like you vibes but I think it's kind of like the way you was on Lifetime originally and people found it on Netflix I'm you know this came out I think a year ago so I just started watching it and it's on Netflix and it's pretty good I, I'm not too far into it but that's been my most recent TV obsession and then as I mentioned to you, Aaron, before we started recording, really into The Big Shot with Bethany Frankel now, uh, because I know that you watch it, and I'm actually really into it. I feel like it is not good, and by no means going to get her uh, the appropriate hire for her vice president of operations, <laughs> but it's entertaining because she just completely tears these people apart, and you miss that from New York Housewives. It's on HBO Max. I recommend people watch it if you miss, if you want your Bethany fix. And then you can watch New York Housewives on Tuesday too. And it, it, they complement each other. Yeah, I have to say that is definitely my new obsession. And I think it's so funny because my husband knows who Bethany is. Like I have, you know, watched season one of Real Housewives and we've been together for over 10 years. So he knows who Bethany is. And I was like, oh, she's on a new show. I really want to watch it. He's like, I'm not watching that. And literally, like, within the first five minutes, he's like, okay, I'm going to watch this with you. Because <laughs> it's just such a train wreck. It's, right? It's such a train wreck. But why she cut half of the people in the first, like, ten minutes? Spoiler alert. Because I was like, well, now we have five people and none of them are going to be good. But, you know, I have my favorites. And trust me, like, by the third episode – you are in like you're in I don't even know how many episodes there are but but like I'm in I would work for Bethany I actually know Kate and I have talked about this I actually don't think I would want to work for Bethany but I would like to at least compete to work for her and then probably not even do a job because I feel like whatever VP of operations this person's not actually going to be her VP of operations I don't think right yeah I think that it would be extremely intense for sure But I did applaud her for having kind of like spies there the first night, you know, to kind of like see what's happening. And I was kind of taken aback by some of the actions of these people when they're like legitimately at a job interview, you know, like some of the things that they did. Kate, what were your first impressions of the show? So I hate to say that I haven't watched it yet. So my first impressions are only from the trailer that I saw. And yeah, I mean, I I was not as sold on the concept. I think I'm a little bit over like the whole like apprentice type TV show Mm -hmm. of, you know, like, let's get somebody a job. Because as Allison says, 
it's pretty clear that these people aren't going to actually have these jobs, you know? Um, so it's not, I don't know. Like I, I'm, I am also not the biggest Bethany person. I enjoyed her on Roni. I enjoy her on Shark Tank, but I have to take her in small doses. <laughs> I, I feel like sometimes that. it could be just like a little bit too much. I enjoy the Roni seasons in which she's actually not in it, you know, and we we get people like Dorinda and, you know, others that are able to sort of like step up a little bit more. So I haven't watched it yet. I can still be convinced, though. And I know Allison's a big fan, so I feel like maybe I should give it a shot, a big shot. Um, <laughs> but we'll we'll see. Not at the moment. It's not like a real like job interview. It's not like right. they're, it's so it's such a joke, but it's fun because these people are so bad. I mean, they're not <laughs> like they have people who just have absolutely no qualifications to be there. It's like everything we were worried about when we saw the trailer is actually accurate. But it's <laughs> it's just like fun to watch. But yeah, she is very intense and she has them doing things that a VP of operations definitely would not do. It's like more of like what an intern would do, but right. I mean, if that's the way the cookie crumbles, R.I.P. Cookie Frankel. Am I right? <laughs> uh, that dog gone too soon. I think it was like twenty, but still. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's it's kind of a different concept from like The Apprentice. I feel because I think that it's kind of like they're given these tasks, but then they're also they need to show their personality and they're definitely like great, you know, who has grace under pressure. I will say some of them do surprise. They do surprise. They do kind of come out of nowhere. And that was kind of pleasant to see. It was interesting. But I do think a lot of them have very big personalities, which is really fun to like watch them (laughs) try to, you know, mesh with Bethany or whatever. But I just, I think it's very, very watchable. I think that Kate, if you tried just one episode, I think at the end of the episode, you'd say, okay, let me see where this goes. Because honestly, it's only, I think, seven episodes long. So it's a quick binge. And I will say that she doesn't just fire them. She does give them positions within the company if she feels like they do have some qualifications for something. So at least they're not completely wasting their time. But it's just, it's really, I just think it's a fun watch. And some of the things that comes out of her mouth are just unreal. Like I, I laughed for five minutes after this one thing she said. Like, I mean, I don't want to spoil censored. it. So it's like, it's way more fun than like Roni because you actually get to like, enjoy Bethany for all she says. Yep. Um, and that makes it a lot, a, a lot more fun, I think. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I will go back to what you said about Dare Me. I haven't seen it, but I will say that if you want something that's dark like that and kind of crime, we just finished watching The Cecil Hotel. And I wanted to watch that series because I was in L.A. and I knew that I was staying like just a few streets, like obviously in a much safer area, but, you know, very, very close to it. And I knew we'd drive by it and just like, it was so crazy. I mean, that whole story is just nuts. Have you guys seen that? Uh, yeah. Did you know about the story before you saw it? Or was that your first time hearing about it? I did not. My husband did know about it. And I was like, where have I been? Like, under a rock, apparently. Because no, <laughs> I had never, ever heard of the story. No. So you guys were familiar with the story. It was a really great watch. And I felt like it spotlighted some interesting characters But I know that it was controversial, too, because a lot of people felt that it sort of took this, you know, very tragic thing that was in all likelihood just probably somebody who had a mental breakdown and was suffering, you know, with mental health 
and right. turned it into this bigger conspiracy thing that made people speculate and everything. So it's interesting seeing how that was received in the true crime world because, I mean, that it's not like that conversation hadn't been already happening, right? People had been gossiping about that sort of thing for a long time and how creepy it is and, like, even is there a ghost involved? Like, yes. there's all these different theories about it. So, you know, I think the the history of the hotel I, I find fascinating. And I think, I you know, I almost wish they would have delved into that even more than they did. But yeah, I mean, I definitely enjoy it. I will watch anything true crime. I, I like almost everything. <laughs> it's funny seeing how everything is received versus like Night Stalker, which I know was a big hit in the true crime community because, you know, it didn't like humanize Richard Ramirez or do any of the things that usually draw criticism. So, right. but the story is fascinating either way. Yeah, definitely. Allison, were you familiar with that, with Cecil Hotel? I was because I covered American Horror Story Hotel when we were at Bustle. And it was actually, I believe, the hotel in that show, in that season, oh my was based on that hotel, I believe. And I know that, like, they had somebody who plays Richard Ramirez as, like, the Night Stalker in it. And I think that they tried to bring in a lot of, like, this, like, true crime lore. So I believe it was kind of inspired by that. So throughout the research and, and covering the show, I learned about it. I become kind of, I went down the rabbit hole. Yeah, it's funny. My friend that went with me had told me to watch it because she said, you know, it's just, it's fascinating. You got to watch it. And she thinks it's, like, a literal portal to hell. It's crazy. But I'll say when we drove by, it was all boarded up completely. Like we, I mean, not that we were going to go inside, oh, you know? interesting. Yeah. It was completely boarded up. You could not go inside if you wanted to. Like there was nothing, nobody was getting in there. So I don't know if they condemned it, but I now, did. Now, is that yeah. because of the, yeah, that's what I was going to ask if it was because of the documentary and maybe it's just drawn a lot more attention, but I think it's always been like one of those places that like true crime junkies, like they try to visit and get into and stuff like that. Um, I, I would, I would assume that I, it probably has just interested peaked since the documentary. So, yeah, Although, you know, I'm kind know. of on board with the portal to hell idea. I mean, we got UFOs <laughs> coming out in the open, like everything's right. happening these days. So I believe anything. <laughs> I know. I know. It's so true. I mean, there's so much out there right now. It's just, it's like, it's a free-for-all, I feel like. But yeah, it was boarded up and uh, it looked condemned from the outside anyway. But I did, re- I do remember them saying on the documentary that it's worth $80 million, that building. Wow. Right. Wow, that's crazy. I mean, you would think that somebody would want to offload that for much cheaper. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I'll give you, you know, five mil for it or whatever. But I agree. And I remember also them saying that they wanted to kind of recreate downtown LA, that area, you know, but because of Land all the homeless that's there. And attract it. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, like people want to live in haunted houses. It's crazy. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's so crazy. There was another show that I really enjoyed that was, again, like true crime. You probably saw it as well. But I don't remember the exact name. I know it was Murder on something. Murder on Beach. Um, Murder on... Oh, do you know what I'm um, talking about? Yeah, it's a, it was on HBO. Yeah. yeah, I didn't get a chance to see it, but I wanted to so badly. I got to add that to my list. Oh my gosh! Um, on on uh, Middle, Middle Beach. Beach. Middle Beach. Yeah. Yes. On Middle Beach one. Yeah, that was great. Wow, that was incredible. Yeah, that one was a good one too. You have to watch that, Kate. It was so bingeable. Like I couldn't stop watching it. It'd be four a.m. and we're just like one more episode. <laughs> it was so. Oh my god. <laughs> 
bad. I yeah. Know, with the true crime ones, I just blow through them so easily. It's so good. But what's great is that it's her son that's kind of like trying to justify, like to see what happened. And so, you know, you don't really see a lot of documentaries that are done by the family members. So it's definitely, it's a def, a different type of documentary. And it's very emotional. I'm sure, Allison, you'd agree, right? It's like super it just yeah. pulls on your heartstrings. It's very emotional. You just want closure for this young man. And it's just, it's heart-wrenching. It's, but it's very, very good watch. Very good watch. I agree. It is, it is really, like, it's told through, like, her son's eyes. So yeah, it definitely adds a layer to it. And it is really good. And it keeps you, you're, Kate, you definitely would like it. Uh, no, no doubt. Yeah, definitely, yeah, Kate, watch it and report back. For true crime. Great. <laughs> we'll do. I like that assignment. So before we get into current Batch Nation, I have to tell you about my weekend with Bachelor Nation, basically. I have been a longtime fan of Peter Weber. He's basically my favorite Bachelor. I think that it's just because we connected personally. And I just, I've always like admired his mom. And I, you know, I watched the season and I saw all of the dynamics between them and the the women, you know, on his season and everything. But I felt in my heart, because I'm also a mom, like I felt that she had good intentions and, and that sort of thing. So I did have her on my live show a few months after the show wrapped and really got to know her. Anyway, long story short, we've been connecting for almost a year. And I told her I was going to be in the area and she, you know, we went and got dinner together. And I just have to say, like, she is nothing like what we would expect her to be. She's nothing like she was portrayed. She is hilarious so sweet, so funny. Like she just, she was so entertaining, such, so much joy, you know, very positive. I mean, I just loved being around her. We didn't want the evening to end. I mean, it was just, it was wonderful. And I will post it on my feed, but I haven't yet. We did a dance number together. Oh my gosh. Yes, yes. We did Dancing Queens with a couple other girls that joined us for dinner. And then on Sunday, Dolce Picnics threw me a beautiful mimosa brunch in Santa Monica because I told them I was going to be in town and, and I've always supported them from the very beginning. They actually threw Barbara a birthday picnic and I saw them, you know, I saw what they did and I just thought it was incredible. So I just started really supporting and promoting them in my stories and in posts and things like that. And anyway, so they wanted to throw me a brunch and just said, invite, you know, whomever you want. If any Bachelor Nation wants to come, that's even better because, you know, just to get more promotion and everything. And Barbara showed up. Peter's brother's girlfriend showed up, Christine, who I adore. And also Matt Donald showed up from Paradise. And he's a good friend of mine. Oh, my God. That's so fun. Yeah. It was really Wait, fun. Can I ask you a question? I have, like, this this Dancing Queens video. Was it choreographed? <laughs> like, I... I just want to, like, I feel like we glossed over it. Well, I haven't posted the, the video, so it's hard to, um, you know, explain without watching. But we were in Studio City at a restaurant, and we were walking back to the car, and I don't know, she just had this, like, idea of just singing, like, in the street. <laughs> it was funny. The girl we were with is just, like, this amazing singer. She's, like, a Broadway singer. I love to sing, and so we just started singing together, and... Barbara was like, let's film this. Let's like throw it on Instagram, you know, for fun or whatever. And then I don't know why she saw like a little, I don't even know what to call it, but just like an old like business porch. 
And there were stairs and she's like, let's just do a number. Let's like go over here and like practice. And I mean, none of us were drunk. Like we were maybe a little buzzed, you know, from dinner, but definitely not like this was not like a drunk, you know, musical number. <laughs> and she, I it. right. It was, it was so random. Yes, I will. I'll post Wait, it. And so were you also, you were there for Peter's announcement of him going to United Airlines too. So we didn't talk about that on Sunday. We did FaceTime with him. And I think that he hadn't officially announced it. So he didn't want to like say anything, but I just wanted to say hi to him, you know, yeah, and uh, just thank yeah. him, you know, for everything. And yeah, that was really special. That was a special moment. I really enjoyed that a lot. And just having Matt there and, oh, and he great. and Matt are friends too. But yeah, so the the dance was choreographed. We did it in like 10 minutes. We probably did like <laughs> 10 or 15 tries and then we just like nailed it on the last try. But we had so much fun. It was so, it was just so surprising. I just was not <laughs> expecting that whatsoever. A lot of fun, such a fun weekend. Um, and Dolce Picnics just did an incredible job. All those pictures are on my feed, but they just do an amazing layout. Um, if you guys ever need an event and you're in LA, like call them up. They will do an incredible job, like seriously blown away. So anyway, big shout out to them and Tara and um, Chef Dusty. So we, he was our personal chef on the beach making omelets, custom omelets. And we had custom, you know, mimosas champagne and all sorts of juices and fruit and charcuterie. I mean, all of it. Like, it was nuts. It was amazing. That sounds like such a fun weekend. Very blessed. Very blessed. So speaking of Bachelor Nation, so let's talk about what happened this past week with all of the engagements. Oh, my goodness. How exciting. I know. It's crazy. It's just like it felt like I mean, there was also some, there have been some engagements and things in the, um, uh, in the Bravo world too. So it feels like it's just been like, it's tis the season, right? It's spring. Everybody's yes. coming out. It's like the time for people to fall in love and to do all these things. And yeah, Bachelor was no different. I feel like obviously it wasn't coordinated, but I wonder if any of them were also like, hey, you guys, you stole my thunder. I know. <laughs> like nobody got to have their moment because everybody else had a moment. <laughs> exactly. I think Caitlin and Jason. The one, yes. Like, that's the one that is definitely, like, the the most notable one, the biggest one. And not surprising that it worked out, but I'm still so shocked that they ended up together in the first place that it kind of is um, – it's been nice to see their relationship get to where it is today, but it still is just, like – it makes me think about, like, all the other possibilities within Bachelor Nation that haven't been explored that should be explored. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Allison, what were your initial thoughts of that engagement? I was happy for them. I feel like I've been waiting for it for a while. And if you had told me that they were already engaged, I, I would have been like, yeah, I remember that just because I would have, I just feel like it happened. It's, I don't know. It's like maybe the Mandela effect for me. I just am like, yeah, that's, they've been engaged. I would have honestly said I watched their wedding on TV already, <laughs> but I'm happy for them, and I think that uh, they seem really happy. So I was like, it's about time. I feel like their grandma. I'm like, it's about time you crazy kids made it official. But, right. yeah, I'm, I'm happy for them, and it's nice to see kind of where they both netted out after their respective journeys of trying to find love on the show. Right. And I think it's because they've lived together for so long. I feel like they kind of moved in pretty quick after they started dating. So I think that probably, you know, contributes to that, us thinking that they're already engaged or already Well, yeah, married. quarantine. 
and that like that nothing brings people closer together than than quarantine you either break up or you stay together one of the two exactly i know i don't know if you ladies know i'm a dating coach and i have been working overtime since pandemic for sure actually i should say during the pandemic because you're right and you can't hide things from your partner anymore you know in a pandemic you're just kind of everything comes to light uh real quick so very interesting but I am so happy for Caitlin and Jason. I, um, I'm i part of Jason's restart group on Instagram. And he does these like really cool Zooms. Like we had a Zoom with Zach Clark and one with like Tyler Cameron. Like a lot of his close buddies, you know, come on there and just tell us their story. And we get to ask questions. And I've gotten to know Jason and he is a great guy. And I adore Caitlin. I, I'm just so in awe of what she's done post-show is just absolutely incredible. <laughs> she is phenomenal. So I'm really, really excited for them for sure. And then Sarah Heron also got engaged, which was really cute. They were doing like a fishing trip, I guess, probably something they, you know, some passion they enjoy together. So I thought that was really sweet. I love that. And also the twins from Ben Higgins season. Um, I love that they're both engaged at the same time. That's kind of cute, right? Yeah. So I, I knew Haley got engaged. I didn't realize Aaron got, or I'm sorry, you're Aaron. Was that prior to, or did they both get engaged on the same weekend? I think Haley was maybe first, and then Emily was, I think, more recent. Oh, okay, okay. Or I could be, I could have those. I'm happy for them. Flipped. Yeah, very cool. I made a post about, well, is there going to be a double wedding? You know, do twins get married in double weddings? I'm just like so curious if that would be a consideration. (laughs) And what what does everybody think? Is that going to happen? I mean, I think it's a possibility. What do you guys think? I don't think so. I think that they probably are going to like have their own special days. I would hope so. I would imagine being a twin, you share a lot of things. And, and an anniversary and wedding day doesn't need to be one of them. Unless Bachelor sponsors it. And then in which case, oh, take yeah. advantage of that money, right? Yep. Yep, definitely. Yeah, probably just the opportunities will dictate <laughs> what happens. But yeah, a lot of engagements, really fun, happy events going on. I just, I love that. I love seeing people so happy in Bachelor Nation because there can be a lot of drama and just the mental health issues are just are just out of control, honestly. So I love seeing anything happy and joyful. I will say, if you guys haven't listened to Caitlin's podcast, Where Jason Proposes, it is so intense. Like, I mean, I was bawling. I was driving back from LA and we were listening to it and I was in tears. What Jason says, his words, and he's such a soulful person, they are beautiful. Like everybody should listen to that. And that should be, you know, if you're single, (laughs) that should be the standard you want. Like that, that man has a way with words and it was absolutely precious. Like it was, it was amazing. Highly recommend listening. Yeah, I have to check it out. I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. I saw a clip of it on TikTok, but I, that doesn't surprise me. I, I bet it's really sweet. He is. See, he does seem like somebody who's who's really good with his words. And I, like I said, like they seem very in love. So I have no doubt. And I'm just glad some of these people are also like getting engaged to people outside of Bachelor Nation. Yeah, just, it's kind of nice to see them like move on, move on, and move upward. Definitely. I agree with that. So I would love to talk to you guys and just get your opinion on a couple of different Bachelor Nation topics. One is, where do you think the franchise is going? They have not renewed 
The Bachelor yet for 2022. What do you think that means? Do you think that they will cancel it? I don't know. I mean, look, I think that the show needs a major overhaul. I'm not sure if that means they would actually fully cancel it. I think that they know that they will still have a ton of viewers. So I don't think it'll get canceled. I think that they'll maybe see how it works with Katie. And then so it'll be Katie, then Bachelor in Paradise, then Michelle. And I I would assume that we'll get a renewal, though. I that's not to say things don't need to change, but I don't think it's going anywhere. I mean, I think what what they know and ABC knows at this point is that if they're going to announce a new season, they have to announce the changes along with it. So this to me, like just just screams that they don't know exactly how they're switching it up yet. You know, it seems like if they were to come out now and say like, oh, yeah, there's going to be a season, everyone's going to be asking okay, well, what's going to be different? Like, what's going to happen with this? So they're going to wait until they have all of that figured out, and then they'll be able to announce it with more confidence and be able to answer all those questions. So it doesn't seem like it's headed for cancellation by any means. It's just more of them putting their PR package together in order to be able to answer all of the inevitable questions that are going to come up about what it looks like, who's in charge, who's hosting, all of that stuff. So I have full faith it will happen. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I would think that they'd really need to cover their bases, especially for what happened last season, right? And I'm curious, do you guys have anyone in mind that you'd want to see as the lead of the next Bachelor? Ooh, that's such a good question. Yeah. I mean, Kate, do you have somebody? I'm trying to think. I always have thought that Mike Johnson should have been the Bachelor from the get-go. And I still don't think it's too late. But I guess we'll also see who comes out of the Katie and Michelle seasons, too. And, you know, maybe there will be somebody who is kind of the unexpected star that will feel like the right fit. But I, I mean, it could be 2030 and I'll still be saying Mike Johnson. <laughs> yeah, I know. He really did miss out on his chance. And it, felt, it feels like it's not over yet. Like he still can come back and have a chance. But, like, also we're going to have these two seasons full of these. And I don't – correct me if I'm wrong. I think that there are two different – completely different set of men for Michelle and and for Katie versus what we had last year. Right. So I, I feel like we're sort of – they're making sure that we have as many options as possible so that we do inevitably find somebody that we actually like. So I think it's in some ways kind of smart that they're widening the field here to make sure that they find the true person that we're connected with. But I also don't hate having, like – two bachelors a season in the same way that we're doing two bachelorettes i think that bachelor lasts a little bit too long there's a little too many episodes so like shorten them both and then have like kind of more stuff happening more action and then allow us to just get invested into more of these relationships and then i think people will believe in it more oh that's interesting so i think actually kate it might be the complete opposite of what you want it might be more (laughs) oh shoot (laughs) (laughs) oh well i'll still watch it all i know i'll watch it all watch it Just to speak about Mike Johnson, um, I've gotten to know him. And, you know, it's pretty obvious that there were reasons, very specific reasons that production didn't choose him. So I don't see him ever being The Bachelor, to be honest with you. Uh, I think that he just would not allow the manipulation to happen. And he's he's pretty... That just makes me like him even more, though, Aaron. I know, I know. He's incredible. I hear what you're saying. He really is incredible, and he's doing amazing Wait, things. Wait, who do you want then? So, <laughs> I, 
That's a really hard question for me, honestly, because I've gotten to know so many of Tasha's guys personally. I know a lot of them are probably going to go to paradise, which that was my next question. Who do you think will go to paradise and what will happen? But I would love to see, for one, an older lead. I really would love to see another older lead. I think that's really important. You know, as a dating coach, I tell people that if you're in your 20s, you need to be dating not seriously. You need to be dating casually, figure out who you are, figure out what you want, that sort of thing. So when I see all these 20-year-olds on on a show like The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, it upsets me a little bit because I feel like they should be, you know, they shouldn't be one of 30. They should be, you know what I'm saying? It's, the role should be reversed. Like they should be dating 30 people. Totally. So I right. really want to see someone who If they are not going to be of age, meaning like 30, you know, like how Katie's 30, I absolutely love that. I want to see that they have had some solid relationship experience. We're talking two to three year relationships minimum, you know, two to three year long relationships is what I'm saying. And serious, like not just a boyfriend in college, you know, or not just like a boyfriend in high school. Like, no, I want to hear serious relationships and I want them to choose leads based on People who've had serious relationships, people who have been in love before. Matt James had never been in love before. That's crazy to me to cast someone who's never been in love before. I mean, is that not, that makes no sense to me whatsoever. Well, also you're just thrusting somebody into an environment that is so unknown and full of tons of unknowns and trying to get them to experience something brand new, which doesn't work, right? Like you kind of have to know what real love is before you're experiencing this fake version of love. Yeah. You really understand yeah. that the fantasy is real. Yeah, that's a great point. I didn't even think about that. I mean, I feel like every season that there's somebody who's like, oh, I don't know if, if I've been in love before. It usually doesn't end well because they right. unfortunately fall into this, like Kate said, like this fantastical version of love. And then they get out of it and it's not what they wanted at all because they don't know what they want. <laughs> Right. And to be honest, like, I don't think the whole issue with Peter's season was that he was indecisive, which his mom even said that. Peter was not indecisive at all. He is a people pleaser. He wanted to make sure he was pleasing the public, pleasing the producers, pleasing everyone, and choosing someone. So he did that when he really should not have, right? And so we need to have a lead that's not a people pleaser. And I don't feel like Katie is a people pleaser, so I think she's going to be a great lead. I think she's going to do... What is best for her? I'm very excited about that. I think that you she – it'll be, be great. selfish. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. to be the lead and be happy. Yeah. I really would like to see a person of color, for one. I think that's very important, in addition to those other qualities that I said. So that makes it more complicated, but that's okay. Like, I'm okay with them taking their time and making sure we have the right person But that being said, I do feel like Ben Smith would be a really incredible bachelor. Oh, I like Ben. You know, it just all depends on kind of everything, how everything shakes out with Paradise. Do you think we'll see Mm -hmm. a lot of people on Paradise? Do you have any people that you really want to see on Paradise? Any favorites? I mean, look, I would love to see, I think we already know some of them. Like, I think Noah... Bennett like these are the people that were made for paradise yeah and then you've got people like Victoria you know who I'd love to see on paradise is Joe Park who was like the anesthesiologist I think Mm -hmm. on The Bachelorette I think he was on Claire's season but yeah I think that we'll probably get like our Victoria's 
Oh, I wonder if Abigail will be on it. I'd love to see Abigail find love. She was posting a lot of stuff on Instagram that kind of suggested they were like teasing it, I felt. Yeah, I felt the same way when I saw that. And I'll say Barbara said that she was wonderful. She met her in person in New York and was just she oh, said she was just lovely. Yeah, she really, really liked her a lot. Got all of the hookups. <laughs> <laughs> right. I really think that a lot of Peter's women will go. I think a lot of Tasha's men will go. I think it'll be a really, really good group. I'm really excited. And I just yeah. I want them to just I'm freaking excited. announce it. Like it's been it's it's literally been so long since they've been talking about it. They just need to announce it already. And I will say I'll be pretty upset if Rudy from Listen to Your Heart doesn't go. Oh my god, I loved her. Right. She was so she was great. I loved that show. And I think it gets so often forgotten even by myself in like the the canon of Bachelor. And I really, really enjoyed it. So I would love to see her on it. I mean, I could take or leave any of the others, to be honest with you. But Rudy was great. They honestly launched my live show during the pandemic. They were all so supportive. I think Matt was my first guest. And then I had Rudy right after Matt. And literally almost the entire cast came on. And I was so blown away by the level of support they really launched my show for me. So I adore all of them. They're honestly such great people. So I can't say enough things about Listen to Your Heart cast. Awesome. Yeah, all of them. So wonderful. The oh, drama is just insane, but that's okay. Yeah. That's always how it is. So yeah, so before we wrap up, I just wanted to thank you so much for being here with me. Thank you. Yeah, we had so much fun. I mean, it's so fun to just talk about this stuff with people who enjoy it just as much as you. So I thank you so much for having us on here. It was, it's been great. Of course. You're so welcome. And it was really my pleasure. And can you let my listeners know how they can subscribe to The Dip? Absolutely. You can find us online at thedip.com, and that's the dip with two Ps. And uh, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, we have multiple podcasts, but Kate and I host two podcasts. One is called TV Watch Repeat, and that is where we go through the history of some of the most iconic and memorable TV pilots of all time. And then we also have a daily entertainment pop culture podcast called Pop Chaser, and that comes out every Tuesday through Friday at 6 a.m. Eastern time. So whether you're commuting or just getting ready for the day, working out, whatever, we are always like, you know, one click away. So you can check those out. And we have for our listeners there uh, a bunch of promo codes for the dip. And we are launching more features on the site. We have two other podcasts. One is um, Hot Off the Mess with Samantha Bush, who's the Bravo historian. And another is the Slept Big podcast with Christian Grace Snow. So a lot of places you can find us, and if you're ever lost and you don't know where to find us, you can just go to thedip.com. So we would love to have everybody come and check us out. And as I always say on our podcast, rate and review, like and review Aaron's podcast and our podcast, and only five stars, of course. <laughs> and uh, we just appreciate all of the feedback and people, you know, we, we get a lot of nice messages and I'm sure you do too, Erin, because this has been so great. And it's just nice to hear from people. So yeah, that's kind of our little spiel of where they can find us. Perfect. Thank you for sharing. I will say one more thing before we wrap up. I started a new podcast. And since you're a big fan of Mike Johnson, um, you and Kate, I have to tell you about it real quick. It's called Batch After Dark. 
And I had this idea of doing like a more sexually charged podcast with Batch Nation because I feel like we're always so teased, you know, in like the fantasy suites and just on dates and things like that. We don't really ever get any like details or really get to know who these people are on that level. So I had the idea of asking some of my friends that I'm close with, you know, that I feel comfortable with um, in Batch Nation to do this podcast with me. And basically, it's like a sexy 20 questions. So, you know, we talk about like, what are their turn ons? And it's spicy. (laughs) It's very, very, very spicy. That sounds great. It's a lot of fun. Definitely go check that out, Batch After Dark. And I started it with the funny Batch. If you don't follow her, she is hysterical. Such a fun account. Um, She's my co-host and we have the best time. So definitely go check that out. But you guys, thank you so much for listening. I had so much fun talking to Kate and Allison from The Dip. Please go follow them. Please go follow The Dip. Please go subscribe. You will not miss out on any kind of pop culture news, especially The Bachelor. They're on top of all of that. And I'm just so grateful they were here with me virtually today on Clubhouse with our first live podcast. This was so much fun. I'd love to do it again. Thank you everyone who joined and thank you so much for listening. And of course, please stay safe and always stay cozy till next time. Bye. 